Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and game master. This week, we're continuing our One Child's Heart adventure. Before we get to the show, I want to remind everybody that I am going to be going on my honeymoon in May. I'm currently working very hard to make sure we have episodes to air during the full time that I'm gone, but there is a small chance that I might have to take a gap week. That would be the first episode we'd missed in the entire almost six-year run of One Shot, which is a wild thing to think about, but I think there are a few things more important than a honeymoon that could create that excuse. I've got lots of other exciting announcements, but you'll have to wait until the mid-roll to hear about those. With all that out of the way, let's get to the show. So, um, they uh, guide you back. Things go a little faster this time um, because they uh, just clip on and kind of everybody knows the deal. Um, They put the helmets down on each of your heads. Okay. um, So... Uh, that seemed a little dramatic, but, um, everything is good. Um, we're ready to rock and roll, as the kids say. Hey! <laughs> I'm listening to you. I'm trying, Dr. J- or, uh, Father J. <laughs> You're nailing it! You're doing great! Okay, I'm gonna count it down again. Counting down from five, four, three, two, one. Everything goes white. And as the picture refocuses, uh, you're standing in the parking lot of a school. It's not cold, but it's obviously a winter's day. You see Kit um, off to the side on uh, sort of the pickup lane where, where cars would drive up to get the kids from the front, uh, standing on a sidewalk, wearing a shorts, T-shirt, inappropriately dressed for the weather. And she's got a leg brace on, and she's standing on a pair of crushes, looking very cold. Actually, before that, sorry, I had a question about the current target number. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. It's gone down to 10 okay, for this one. great. Thank you. Everyone tried last time. So what would you like to do? Officer? And it's getting dark or it's like... It's dusk right now. Okay. Great. So again, trying to... Still wearing the uniform. Okay. But um, trying to just minimize that, like, no hat on, jackets, like, over my shoulder and such. Um, I go over just casually uh, approach Kit. And when I'm probably maybe like 10 feet away, mm-hmm. I call over to her. Hey, I remember you. Kit? Is it Kit? Officer Rogers. We met in the hall once. The cop from last year. They called you? No, no, no. Uh, they're coming. They are coming. They'll be here in a minute. I mean, thank you for checking on me. I really appreciate it. Um, it's great to see you again, officer. Uh, but I'm fine. Thank you. Yeah, you remember uh, Dr. Wei and, and Father Jay? Hey! Yeah, Father Jay is kind of hard to forget. I agree. And I, I'm going to take off my jacket, and I'll walk over. I am very warm. Would you like to share my jacket? And I hand it. Go ahead and uh, give me a roll. Fair enough. So, um, are there any uh, skills that you'd like to add into this? Uh, definitely bedside manner. Okay. I want to help her. <laughs> um, I think maybe meticulous as well. Okay. Because I'm like, well, she looks cold. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you nice. go. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. So, she kind of softens a little as you're looking at her. I, listen, I appreciate it. And you seem super nice, but I'm okay. I really am. It's, they're going to be here any minute. Okay, and while we wait, you can hold on to this jacket. Um, and she kind of gestures at her crutches. It's a, it's a pain. And, okay, I'm going to take the jacket, and then 
I will look at her to see if she's uncomfortable with it. And if she's not, then I'll put it on her shoulders. Okay. So you put it, uh, you put the jacket over her shoulders and she lets you. And there's kind of that sense of you see her shoulders relax. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you're a trained medical doctor and you're looking at her skin and things like that. It doesn't seem to actually have any physiological effect mm-hmm. on making her warmer. Mm-hmm. Skin still looks flush, still all of the physical reactions to being too cold. Mm-hmm. Thanks. You're welcome. You know, when I was in San Paolo, uh, when I was taking my motorcycle trip across this great world of ours, uh, we'd uh, often keep warm at campfires. We did a lot of camping at that time in my life, and uh, there would be a point in the night where we wouldn't have anything more to burn. And I was always sitting off to the side, and everybody else in the guitar circle would say, hey, why don't you come over and hang out with us? And darn it if I didn't every time say, no, I'm fine. And, uh, you know what? I was cold. Go ahead and give me a roll. <laughs> what skills, if any, would you like to add after I, that majestic story? I think, I think this is just create a report. Okay. Um, so that is, let's see, ten. 10. So, yeah. 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 And uh, looking back, it feels silly to hold on to being just three feet away from people instead of doing something about being cold. I've got to wait here. I know you got to wait here. Uh, that's that's. Sometimes we have to be in places that make us uncomfortable. But I've also learned from uh, being around schools and churches and other sort of community-oriented buildings, there's usually a vestibule area between the entrance and the exit that you can kind of hang out in, especially when it takes a super long time for... It's not a super long time. They're coming for me. Oh, oh. They didn't forget. Hey, hey, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, longer than, uh, it's, it's not a super long time to wait for people to pick you up, but it might be a super long time to just stand outside. Especially while you're on crutches. You know, it, it could be easier just to sit for a minute or give yourself a break. And give me a roll on that. All right. I will use Guardian in this case. Okay. And she did seem a little bit amped up, so yep. maybe de-escalation as well. Okay. Nice. Try and give myself it. the best possible. De-escalation is a, is a good one. Yeah. <laughs> good. Right. Oh, there you go. All right. You That's go. Jeremy you that I yours? know. <laughs> I can't sit down. I need to keep my legs straight. And they're going to be here any minute. They're, they're not bad people. You know, sometimes even really good people make mistakes and forget. I know, but I can be here. Because they didn't forget. I told you they didn't forget. You did tell me that. I believe you. But you can still give yourself a break. I need to be here. I promised I would be here. I mean, if they weren't, if they didn't care, they wouldn't have gotten my knee fixed. They're the ones that took me in. They took me and they got my knee fixed and I'm going to wait for them. Because they didn't forget and they're coming. Yeah. What happened with your knee? Oh, I just was born with with bad knees. It, it, it's the stuff inside. I forget. I don't know. You're a doctor. There's it's inside it's stuff. called cartilage. Okay, fine. 
It's it's all. <laughs> I give you the thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> it's all torn up, and uh, but they they sewed it back together and stuff. Oh wow, that's great! And you're okay now. Yeah, you will be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's getting stronger. I had a meniscectomy five years ago, and boy, let me tell you, that was a process. So, I I get it. Kit Kit looks over at you. Is he like trying to get me in a cult or something? No. He's no, a- but that's good that you're watching out. <laughs> Ever vigilance. It's like always talking about, you know, motorcycles and campfires and, you know, I just... Is that what cults are consisting of? You know, I also am a priest uh, and I'm not actively recruiting right now, but it feels like you've just, you've got your hackles up and, and you're aware of things like that. And that feels good. That's fine. <laughs> okay. That is, that is good. So, um... So great. So we all agree that I'm on the lookout, and so you guys can go, and I'm just going to wait, and they're going to be here. I can wait with you. I'm lending you my jacket. I don't. I didn't ask for your jacket. That's true. You seem to really value self-reliance. You got to take care of yourself. You know that it's important to be able to depend on yourself, but you're you're allowed to reach out to other people too and uh, get help. If that doesn't make or... you not tough. Listen, I just want to be left alone. I just want to read. I just want to read and be left alone, okay? Uh, they're coming. I'm going to be You're fine. You're not putting yourself in a position where you can read right now. We're standing up straight, holding our crutches. We could be sitting down reading a good book. Is that a Bible thing? I mean, not so much a Bible thing, but it does have to do with a good story about reading the Bible. Uh, oh, back Father in San Paulo. Um, <laughs> so, um, can you arrest me now? <laughs> can you do something? I just, I don't want to hear another story. No, All no, right? I'm good burn. Yeah, yeah. So I, I can't arrest you without doing a, a ton of paperwork. And honestly, I kind of hate doing paperwork. So maybe let's skip that part. But um, I could. We could go inside to talk for a minute away from Father Jay. I'm not leaving. They're coming, and I need to be here. Do you think that if you're inside when they arrive, that you won't be able to come out in time and that they'll leave without you? <laughs> oh, man. What an excellent question, That's Dr. Way. Dr. Way. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, is there anything you'd like to add into this? Bedside manner, okay. I, I suppose. All right. So, uh, 10 is what we're looking for. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. Ooh. All right. So, that is not, definitely not a 10. Um, so, you have those three choices. So, you can uh, have her lose trust in you. You can have this uh, uh, evoke an internal traumatic response inside of her. Mm. Or if you want to turn this failure into success, you can violate your ethics, but you will lose one die for the rest of the game on that approach. So right. you'll be at two dice for the rest of the game. What would you like to do? I'm kind of curious about the trauma, <laughs> which okay. sounds so terrible. No, 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 no. That's fantastic. <laughs> so you like to inflict trauma? <laughs> yes, I would like to inflict trauma. Oh, dear, <laughs> yeah. I, it's an accident that I phrase it that way. <laughs> it's not an accident. Um, would you roll a d6 for me, please? Okay. These are all double e6s. That's why they're... Uh, oh. Five. Oh. So um, if everyone would put uh, five down under trauma inflicted... I'm sorry, everyone. She just looks 
horrified. And she has been a pretty tough cookie this entire time, even with in the closet in what was obviously a terrifying situation, Mm -hmm. having something that she knew she was going to get in trouble for um, with that book, things Mm -hmm. like that. She has still kept herself pretty composed and her eyes well up. You shut up. No, I'm not afraid of anything. I can be alone as long as I want. I don't need you or anybody else. And she just starts sobbing. Off in the distance, uh, there's a minivan coming, heading your way. Uh, You see a frantic-looking woman driving, coming as close, or coming as fast as she safely can, tearing into this parking lot. And Kit looks directly in the eye, and she said, I told you! They didn't leave me! Everything fades to white. You're back. (laughs) You're back in the... uh, you're back in the uh, laboratory, pulling your helmets off. You all okay? You look a little rougher this time. Hannah, are you okay? Yeah, I think I'll need a minute. Do you want a hug? Sure. All right, Jeremy, we'll give you a hug. Yeah, I think it's like a pretty good hug, actually. It feels like this is the hug that um, that Hannah wanted to give Kit. Yeah. I was feeling that way, too. That kid, she needs somebody in her life. I think she does have someone in her life. Yeah, Denise is, is real good. Rosalind's real good, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. The issue that I'm sensing is that uh, it's not a question of whether or not there are people who are wanting to help or, or willing to help. It's... Uh, it seems like Kit has trouble taking it when it's there. And I guess one good thing is that Kit's here right now. And, you know, we learned earlier from the program that that means that, means that she definitely knows something's up. Yeah. I just don't know what we gotta say to help her in other situations. Feels like she's putting a lot of her self-worth on whether or not other people meet her expectations. You know, and, and her her mom coming late, like, that felt like that was a value judgment on her own character, right? Like, if she went anywhere else, she was giving up on her, her mom. Yeah, yeah. And that meant that she wasn't good enough, you know. That's tough, because you can't rely on other people to uh, tell you how valuable you are. That's true. Especially when you got people coming and going, you never know what's going on with them. She, she wants to be self-reliant, but she's not there. You know, no no 13-year-old is. I mean, I feel like there's kind of a larger cultural problem of trying to prove that you're a tough person who doesn't need help in situations where maybe that's not entirely necessary. No one knows that better than old Jay Walsh. Yeah, it's definitely a defense mechanism. It's unfortunate. So so we've got one one more time we get to go in and try and help this kiddo out. What do we need to say? What do we need to do? Like, we need to get through those barriers and let her know she she doesn't have to rely all on it herself, right? But But that her worth isn't determined by someone else's reaction to her. That's a good tack. But, Jay, maybe you need to... Ramp down the South American motorcycle 
I just felt like it was a pretty relatable situation. Who hasn't felt like they need to prove themselves and gone to an extreme length to do that and maybe spent a decade and a half just wandering on a journey of personal discovery to try and figure it out? Well, she's only been alive for less than a decade and a half, so I don't think that's relatable to her. I think it's fine. These are things that she'll remember later if she happens to end up on a motorcycle at some point. <laughs> you know, motorcycles are really dangerous, and that my goal is to, to see this kid like live a long and healthy life. I'm concerned for her. <laughs> Maybe we don't want to set her on the course to, to joining right. a motorcycle club right away. aren't inherently self-destructive. We like, also reestablished the danger of cults during that conversation, which is right. always That good. seemed very good. Well, but how often does one actually encounter a cult in real life? I mean, that's not, like, that's like being afraid of the boogeyman, right? It's more more oh. often than you think. Yeah, Jeremy. Really? <laughs> I, uh, as somebody who eventually found a healthy relationship with uh, religious structures, let me tell you, there are a lot of different places that you could go to that maybe wouldn't give you the right amount of support. Okay, uh, okay. <laughs> Great. So maybe maybe we can take that as an actionable item and uh, and encourage her to seek out a specific place that she can go in real life for help once all of this is over. Yeah, that's right. A community. The community center or something. And cupcakes. Oh, yes. Those cupcakes. Yeah, yeah. What this kid might need is to invest in something that uh, that's reliable enough to invest back. You know, right. uh, God, God bless uh, uh, Rosalind, but uh, you know she's she's got her hands full for sure. So so maybe it's just a matter of, of uh, shooting an arrow in a good direction. Right. This kid loves reading. Right. There's got to be something with that. We could also. Try to see if we could get her to talk to uh, talk to Denise more because Denise obviously cares about her, but she doesn't feel like, from what I've observed, that she could talk to Denise about her struggles because she, well, it's, it seems a lot of the abandonment has impacted her in that way. So if we could encourage her to talk to Denise, that could help too. Yeah. How about uh, how about we go? Add some more creamers to this coffee. He swirls it in his cup. Um, There's no coffee left in there. <laughs> it mm, is your coffee looks a little chunky, Jeremy. After we finish up doing the dives on her, we got to do a couple dives and figure out this creamer thing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think maybe what we can do. He ignores all these. Um, <laughs> maybe what we can do is is uh, I'll look at Denise's record and just see like you know if if she goes through like the adoption process with her foster kids or what her ongoing relationship has been with prior foster kids. In her house. Yeah. Um, so uh, Denise uh, usually takes uh, more troubled cases mm-hmm. um, because she's, you know, she spent a lifetime working with kids. Uh, she hasn't adopted anybody to this point, but okay. um, she's not against it. Mm-hmm. Um, she just wants to do the most good that she can uh, in her retirement years. And does she tend to keep the kids for multiple years, like until they age out of the system? Or? Yeah. And, and that's part of why she... Kit is actually pretty young for okay. Denise. Uh, usually she takes the, the older kids, the mm-hmm. 16, 17-year-old kids that other people don't want because they can often be quite dramatic 
uh, and challenging. So, okay. So there's a good hope that that she will stay longer term with Denise. It's possible. Okay. And that assumes that she doesn't go back with her parents at some point. Does it seem likely she'll go back with her parents? What's the situation with um, Amaryllis and Spruce? Um, you can, I mean, you can all kind of reading between the lines mm-hmm. of her case notes. Rosalind does not want to send Kit back to her family. Mm-hmm. Um, she there's ultimately there's she's limited in what she can do. But she doesn't feel like it's a really healthy situation. Not that she is being beaten or anything like that there. But it's just not good. It's not yeah. good. It's neglect and it's tearing Kit apart. Is Kit pushing to go back? Not at all. Oh, okay. Okay. It kind of felt like that might have been a possibility. I, I don't know if this would be a research thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of want to know, is there any way that we know, maybe through notes or whatever, what kind of books she reads um so you can check um i'll say you can absolutely check her uh, mm-hmm. kind of library records from the school and things like that kit reads everything mm. kit is just it is one unending stream of lar as many like the maximum number of books that she can check out um you would i mean it's not hard to imagine that she's read her way through most of the school libraries that she's been a part of and um as far as her grades or, or school records, is there indication of something she's really good at or interested in? I mean, she her, she tests really really well, mm-hmm. um, but um, most of her most of her grades are right in the middle. Okay. Um, so there, you're looking at she's a C D student, um, and you can see the fluctuation in her grades as she's pulled out of one home back home. Uh, grades are definitely better for the most part, uh, when she's with foster families, especially for the last two. Okay. So the second one, which is who she would have been with uh, at this second memory, mm-hmm. uh, would have been uh, the Sparks family. And uh, and then now that she's with uh, Denise, it's the same thing. Grades okay. are, are not great, but better. How long has she been with Denise? Uh, just for six months now. Okay. And with the Sparks family before that? She was with them for a year. A year. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it always punctuated by going back to her parents? Yes. Okay. Got it. But she seems to be, I mean, the looking at her records, she's a voracious reader of okay. whatever she can get her hands on. So, Father Jay, I think maybe you're right. If we can encourage her to get connected with some kind of reading community, a book club, or something like that, where she's got multiple people, you know, peers and potentially authority figures that she can connect with on a more personal level, a more human level, as opposed to it being just like authority figures or, you know, kids at school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A way to make friends around reading, or at least feel like uh, you're sharing that with other people. Yeah, in a way that's not associated to being graded and being judged. Exactly. That is a very good idea. So is there something at the community center where the bake-off was? Okay. So um, the woman with the clipboard comes back. Uh, if you're ready, uh, we've got everything set. We're prepared for you. Send us back in, Doc. <laughs> okay, um, let's do that. <laughs> and she turns around and walks in. Um, and, and, you know, this time is even easier and quicker. You all know kind of how to move yourselves and, and help with the process. And so pretty soon you are strapped in and ready to go. Helmets go on. Okay, um, I just wanted to thank you once again for being here today. Um, I really appreciate your time and effort, and I really think it's going to make a difference in kids' life. So here we go one last time. So say anything you've got to say. 
Counting down from five, four, three, two, one. Everything goes white. And as the picture refocuses, you're standing in the middle of a park. Um, you see that there's a swing set in this area with the uh, old school with the metal chains that come down and that kind of thick rubbery seat. Um, and you see Kit holding um, half of a book. Looks like it's been torn in half and she's just got the back half of this book. I'm sitting there reading and swinging. At her feet, uh, there's a cell phone and uh, it's quiet and you'd say late afternoon at this point. What would you like to do? I want to go for a swing. All right. Are you in are you in uniform? Um yeah, I think for consistency's sake. Okay. Yeah. But again, like not wearing a hat, not wearing the jacket. It's like shirt, badge, pants. Yeah. Where are you in relation to her? Do you sit down at like the swing next to her or a couple swings down or a couple swings over? Okay. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to start swinging and assume that the chains will creak loudly and, mm -hmm. and do that thing. You see her, like, she doesn't even flinch. She doesn't even recognize or looked up at any point. Mm -hmm. And as the chains start to make that noise, she kind of just brings that book even closer to her face mm -hmm. and keeps reading. Um, you notice uh, as you sit down that the screen uh, on this phone is broken and you okay. can see it flashing as okay. notifications are going off. Oh, dang, your your phone could uh, fall out of your pocket? Uh, no, it's fine. It's And she looks up for just a brief yeah. fraction of a moment, and there's like, first is that look of horror as she realizes that a police officer is sitting next to her, mm -hmm. and then followed quickly by that moment of recollection, mm -hmm. you know, that she recognizes you yeah. and remembers those moments. And she's like, you're that weird cop. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. Pretty typical. And his two weird friends who all seem to be traveling together in a lot of different contexts. Hey, kid. Hey. hey. <laughs> she looks over and talks her way. <laughs> like, it's this one bastion of sanity in the sea of chaos. Yeah. What are you reading? Um, it's, it's, uh, it's a sci-fi book that I picked up. Um, they, it's actually, it was really cool. Um, uh, it's by this guy, um, Kurt something, and it's called uh, Sirens of Titan. It's sci-fi. It's like different than all the other sci-fi that I've ever read, though. And so um, I'm only like reading the last half of it because, you know, and she holds up the book. But it's, it's pretty good. Is this from the library? Yeah. Mm. What, what do you like about it? What's so different? I don't know, just the way that he writes stuff down. It's mm. it's weird in a good way. Yeah. Like us, weird in a good way. <laughs> He's got a big stupid grin on his face, like, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and give me a roll and see. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see how the happy puppy dog goes over. Um, <laughs> All right, let's let's try adding Guardian to this just to Okay. Cancel nine, out my nine is the new target number. <laughs> right. But I still have my lost trust, so mm -hmm. it's even. Okay, got All right. it. Yay. Fantastic. All right. She uh, she looks at you and she's, she's like, uh, does a hard eye roll. Yeah. Um, and you'd say she's actually pretty close to 13 at this point. This is a relatively mm -hmm. recent memory. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's a 13-year-old eye roll if I've ever seen one. <laughs> uh, she's like, you're fine, I guess. How's things? How have you been? I'm okay. I'm just trying to read. Um, I'm sorry. It's just been a tough day. Yeah, yeah. Your phone... 
Um, yeah, it's it's not a big deal. It clearly looks like a big deal when she says it's not a big deal. Right. Does it look like she threw it down or that it's just broken and on the ground? Uh, it looks, it could have been thrown down. It could okay. have been, the screen is definitely cracked. It looks by impact, whether mm-hmm. or not that was her that did it or not. But it's, it's hard still to say. functioning besides getting notifications. Yeah, yeah. You can see the screen flashing. Seems like you got a, a, a message there or something you don't want to answer. No. Anything we could help with or you want to talk through? Uh, no. Can you fix my book? You know, I can't fix your book, but there's there's a community center that they do a book oh, club at. a community center. So the community center is going to fix my book and fix my phone and not make me a laughing stock of the entire school and fix my parents and make my life better, right? Is no. that what it's going to do? I'm going to go join a book club and everything's going to be better. No, I'm pretty sure that's not how book clubs work, but I've not been a part of one, so I couldn't say for sure. <laughs> so you get that moment where she's like a little chuckle of of like, okay, that smart-ass remark deserves a little respect. Do you Have you been to a book club before? No. Yeah, how often do you get to talk sci-fi with people? It doesn't matter. Well, Nobody I mean, no, to... you seem to know a lot about it. and uh... Perfect. Uh, go ahead and give me a roll on that. You seem to know a lot about it. Um, is there any skills you'd like to have? Uh, I'm definitely trying to, again, uh, create rapport. And I guess this is welcoming because we are pushing for this community book club mm-hmm. thing. All right. So that is uh, just uh, 10 from the roll. Itself, Perfect. So. That's fantastic. Nine is what you're looking for. So give me one of those. People are, they look at me like I'm weird when I try to talk about books and they tell me that I use big words and they make fun of me and it's just not worth it. You know, I, I get a lot of strange looks when I, uh, uh, I talk about my life experiences in some places. Uh, some of them richly deserve because I'm uh, not your usual guy. But there are certain contexts where, where I'll say those things and everybody gets it. There's a... Uh, there's a place that I like to hang out at. Uh, it's a sh- mechanic shop. I, I, I go in, talk shop with the guys. I, I get a lot of work done on a bike that I don't necessarily need. But, uh, you know, they all took their own trips. Uh, and when we're there, even though we can't usually share those stories, it's a good place to to go to be understood. And... You know, book clubs aren't magic, but sometimes you go there and there's somebody else who knows sci-fi. Where's the place I can go if I just want to get by and be ignored? <sighs> Actually, well, libraries, they have individual study rooms. Um, well, you have to sign up for them before. So if you just need a space where no one will bother you, and if people come to bother you, the librarian will probably call security. They, I can't check out books from the library anymore. But you can go to the library, can't you? Well, I'm not supposed to. You're not supposed to? You know, that's where... She holds up the book. That's where a community book club comes in. They can be a strong arm in the right situation. Now, I know this woman. uh, Her name is Karen. uh, And she runs that program. And we've had more than one people who have had uncomfortable histories with books. But Karen loves books. And if you can't get the book, Karen will take it out in her own name. Put herself on the line for it. Is that true? I don't know, Karen. Oh, uh, believe me, Karen, yeah. And there, there are lots of people who just want to share their passions. And uh, 
You know, they'll put themselves out for I don't want people to put themselves out for me. I asked where I could just be alone. For sure. For sure. It's okay to get help, though. It is. Does he ever stop talking? No. No, I don't. Trust me. Believe me. Sometimes I have to put him in the back of the squad car and, like, raise the barrier, you know, so that I don't. He doesn't, anyway. He doesn't stop talking, but he does have a point. I think a book club is good, though. You think a book club is good. Mm-hmm. But you're like me. You're not talking all the time. You don't have to talk. There are other people in the club, and they also talk. Good. Give me a roll. Nice. Mm, so bedside manner. I think that's that's probably it. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. Come on. You got to violate some ethics. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's not quite enough. Yeah. Uh, even with the lowered target number. So you can uh, inflict more trauma. You can have her lose trust. I can't inflict more trauma. <laughs> Where do you find? Um, or you can choose to violate your ethics here. Yeah, I think I will. <laughs> I right. will violate my ethics. <laughs> yeah. So what, yes. so what cornerstone of how you do your job um, are you going to violate to benefit Kit? Mm, well, a huge part of my job is, uh, or a huge cornerstone is that i don't ever touch my patients all right because oh well yeah certain loss okay fantastic so we'll just we'll we'll role play that from there so you're gonna mark uh your uh your mind down to two dice yeah you're gonna get this token sweet and uh we're going to play this out so tell me what you do so she's sitting on the swing and we're like hovering strangely beside her and i just Mm -hmm. i go over so that I'm in front of her and then I crouch down and I pick up her phone and then I I take her one of her hands and I put it there and I just kind of like hold on to her hand and I look her in the eyes and I'm like look it's sometimes being a group where everyone likes the same thing is enough and there's a moment where she she looks at you and you're you still have that physical connection. Um, mm-hmm. You're crossing this boundary that you haven't ever done mm-hmm. in your professional life. Mm-hmm. You see the tears well up in her eyes, and she just throws herself into your arms, just melts into you, and you can hear her silently crying, which you know is a really big deal for a ki- uh, for a kid like Kit. Yeah, and I kind of like rub her back. And I'm going through some <laughs> internal conflict about this. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, this is this is a moment where you have, I mean, you know how to do your job. And you've always, if you're comfortable with this, you've always felt that this kind of thing, this is for, you know, people like Father Jay who don't have the training and the expertise that you do. Mm-hmm. This is what, you know, this is what, uh, you know, a school teacher would do, not a doctor. Mm-hmm. But it also... You know, feels good, and you know you can feel and see the impact that it's making on Kit, which is kind of having you reevaluate how you've built your career. Yeah, definitely. All right, so Kit like takes the phone back, and she's dropped the half a book mm-hmm. at this point, and uh, she like keeping her face away from you too. Um, she's like, "It's fine. Uh, yeah, that's great. You know, thanks." It's, it's it's cool. Uh, maybe I'll go see the stupid book club thing or whatever. Yeah. She sits back down on the swing. So, uh, like, why are you guys here? 
Well, uh, you know, we just uh, travel around a lot as friends, and we, we all do the same after-school program, so, you know, we hang out uh, together quite a bit. Yep. So, so you guys are, like, together and you work with school programs and stuff like that? I mean, not always in this area, but but we have, and uh, you know, you're you're a really interesting person, you know, and I, I think uh, you've got a lot going for you. And she looks directly at you, uh, Doctor Way, and says, "And I should ask for help more often." I think so. Would you guys go to book club with me? I. I um, I just I'm scared and I don't want to be there the first time alone and so if you were all there and you know like introduced me to everybody it would mean a lot. You know I think what you could do. Have you tried asking Denise? No. Or Rosalind? How do you know them? We uh, we walk in the same circles, you might say. Did they send you here? No. <laughs> Boy, if Rosalind could send me places, uh, believe me, she would. And they would actually probably be far enough away where she can't hear my voice, because I do tend to talk a lot. So, yeah, that's great. I'll ask them. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bother you. Um, it's, it's not It's a... fine. I should have known. You guys have other things to do. So no, It's it's not a bother. Um, I, think, I think you got this, though. You know, you're the one who knows and loves this stuff. Give me a roll on that. Okay. <laughs> Try and do de-escalation on that. Okay. All right. All right. Fantastic. Uh, So uh, she she looks and, yeah, you're right. Life is all about taking care of yourself, right? You got to handle your own problems. I get it. No, I think you just have way more to bring than any of us would have. Listen, I wasn't asking you to be part of the stupid book club. I just wanted somebody to take me, but it's not a big deal. I'll take myself. Okay? I got it. I got it. I think you do got it. You have proven, I think, a lot that that you can take care of yourself. I think having a sense of community with the book club or wherever you might find it is just going to take some weight off your shoulders because then you can decompress a little bit, talk about something you love. That's all. Okay, great. So, yeah, uh, I'll see. I'll talk to Denise and see whether I can go to the book club. And uh, maybe I'll buy a motorcycle. How about that? Now, that's talking. Oh, man. I was kidding. Uh, of course. <laughs> of course you were. Who would? I'm 13. Yeah. Where, where are you even going to find a motorcycle at 13 for sure? Right. Right. Ridiculous. Uh, but you, that's a... I, I just want to say that's a... That's a really tough thing that you... That I just saw you did that... Uh, you did a lot quicker than I did when, when I was growing up. I... I didn't ask someone for help until I was 28. That's... I didn't, I didn't become a priest until I was, you know, kind of older than a lot of the other people. And that's because... Uh, most of the time I was trying to take care of my own problems. And uh, the thing that, that kind of helped me figure everything out was when I realized part of taking care of my own problems was uh, asking for someone else to help me get the rest of the way. Can I have me make a roll on that, please? 
So, pay skills you want to add in? Uh, this is definitely report okay. for sure. All right. Yes. Yeah. Well done. Um, yeah, but I mean, you ask for help to get the rest of the way, and sometimes people still say no, and you wind up on your own. Believe me, when I was hitchhiking to seminary school, there were a lot of times <laughs> where I would ask for the help that I needed and not get it. But because I kept asking, eventually it worked. Don't you feel like a jerk? <laughs> Kit, I'm, I want you to think back on all your past experiences with me and evaluate whether or not I felt like I was a jerk in some of those experiences. And I think you'll come to realize I probably was and probably did. You know, all, all that feeling eventually becomes worth it. And it's not that you were actually a jerk. It was that you were help. You were asking for the help you needed. I don't know. I told a lot of stories about hitchhiking in San Paolo. So I think Kit knows that sometimes I crossed a line. But it was okay, right? Like, because at the end of the day, I still feel good about my experiences. And I'm, I'm glad to do what I do. I think you have a pretty good sense of judgment most of the time uh, on what you think is good or not, but people are unexpectedly more willing to help than not. Go ahead and give me one last roll. Come on, dice! <laughs> Come on! Oh, no, so you're rolling two dice now. Oh, oh that's, that's right! right. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Oh, I feel like I can only add a bedside manner. <laughs> All I right. can't add meticulous because I'm not really doing that right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, hello! So yeah, that's with the uh, with the plus one for bedside manner. That's a nine. nine. Yeah, that's exactly what you needed. Oh. All right. Okay. Wow, I'm glad it didn't have to inflict any more trauma. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, she looks at at Father Jay. I mean, you're weird, but you're not the worst. Yeah, I'm um, friends with Hannah, right? I, <laughs> yes. I wasn't done. Oh, oh, oh. Um. So can I ask you for something else? Just, you know, I know you guys can't go to the book club with me, but would it be okay if I called you sometimes? Just like to check in and see if maybe you could help me then. Hmm. Oh, man. Jeremy's sitting <laughs> on the swing on the far side. He's like, no, making an X with his arms. I'm glad you kept asking. But no. That's what you're going to say, right? Yes. Well, at least you're honest. Most people lie. They tell you they're going to be there and they're not. Yeah. I'll think about you, but you can't call me. Okay. Um, and that's when uh, Kit's phone actually starts to ring in her hand. Um, which has been kind of message alerts at this point. Um, and it's actually ringing, which means somebody has called back multiple times. Mm -hmm. And she picks it up and, and she looks at it. She's like, it's Denise. I had to take it. So I guess I won't see you around. And she picks up the phone. And you can hear, like, concerned yelling coming from outside. You know, like, are you okay? I've been so worried. Mm. Everything fades to white. Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and I know you're thinking exactly what I'm thinking. 
can we reach these kids? We'll find out in a little bit, but first I have a radvertisement for you. This one comes to us from Christy Garb, and it's on behalf of Endless Realms, the Tome of Spirits Kickstarter. Endless Realms Tome of Spirits is the first full supplement for the Endless Realms RPG series. It lets players dive deep into the world of spirits, corruption, the spirit realm, and learn about the complex societies of spirits. It also features religions, cults, magic items, and a whole lot more. You can back the Endless Realms Tome of Spirits on Kickstarter now. It's your gateway to the next world. Folks, it's no secret that I'm a big fan of ghosts. In fact, I would say Johnny O'Mara and I have formed a strong friendship connection over our mutual love of ghosts. I can't think of a better foundation for a new RPG system than the Spirit Realm. As of this recording, they're just about $1,000 away from funding with 17 days to go, which seems like a pretty sure bet to me. So check out the Endless Realms Tome of Spirits now. A huge thanks to Endless Realms and Christy for supporting One Shot this week. Before we get back to the show, I want to remind you we have a few events coming up. This Sunday, May 12th, we're going to be doing a special benefit stream for our good friends Allie and Drew, who are currently struggling to pay an unexpected medical bill. We're going to be playing Grant Howitt's Goat Crashers with Pranks, Stephen Kropa, Liz Anderson, and Bill Gordon, and it will be run by Mel D'Amato. It's going to be a great time. Join us for a rad stream and to support our good friends. That's Sunday, May 12th at 1 p.m. Central Time at twitch.tv slash oneshotrpg. If you're looking to make a contribution to Allie and Drew, you can always head to gofundme.com slash Drew's Elbow. May 17th through 18th, I'm going to be in L.A. for D&D Live. It's not just me, though. You'll also find plenty of other personalities from the One Shot Network, like Daniel Kwan from Asians Represent, Victoria Rogers from The Broadswords, and of course, Jeff and John from System Mastery. Be sure to tune into our live stream to check out our all-gnome party of adventurers. Then coming up on May 21st, 6 p.m. through 10 p.m., I'm going to be at the Waterloo location of the Drots London Gaming Pub. I'm going to be there for a meetup with all of my fans and friends who live in London. If you're in the area and you want to drop by, reservations have already been made for us, so all you need to do is show up. And it won't just be me there. I'll be there with Grant Howitt, Aviv and Iran from Up to Four Players, Will Kirkby, the artist behind the Dungeon Dome, and members of the Rusty Quill Podcasting Network. And hopefully you! Once again, that's going to be May 21st, 6 to 10 p.m. at the Drots London Gaming Pub. Finally, before we get back to the show, I want to give a quick thank you to some of our backers on Patreon. Broadside, thank you so much. Donald Waden, thank you. Tyler Austin Day, thank you very much. Plop, thank you so much. Louis Nelson, thank you. Susie Spooner, thank you so much. Robert Taberzi Jr., thank you very much. Ben, thank you so much, Ben. Isaac Jonathan Brist, thank you. Elliot White, Thank you so much. Cassander Antonio. Thank you so much. Armin Schmidt. Thank you very much. Kelly Blades. Thank you very much, Kelly. Alexi Othanin Gerard. Thank you very much. Nell Raban. Thank you so much, Nell. Garrison Everett. Thank you. Laura Forbes. Thank you very much. Eve Smith. Thank you. Amara Ilyasa Espinoza Rana Ahmed Khan. Thank you so much. I know you've complimented me on my pronunciation before, but I'm not confident that I nailed that one, so I'm sorry if I messed it up. 
Remember, if I have made a mistake in the pronunciation of your name, you can always send me a message on Patreon. And that also goes for any folks who might have transitioned and want me to read their new name. Folks, we are extremely close to hitting our $8,500 a month goal, which will allow us to make Campaign a weekly show again. Now, there is a chance that it's going to happen while I am on my honeymoon. If that does happen, we're going to transition into a weekly schedule for Campaign by first putting up the Campaign Firefly episodes on what would have been off weeks. That'll give Casey some time to adjust to his new editing schedule, and it'll cover the gap while I'm away from home. After that, we'll move right into our weekly schedule for campaign. With all of that out of the way, let's get back to the show. Helmets come off, and you're back in the laboratory. Man, I feel like this program would be much easier if we didn't have the conceit of, uh, of uh, not telling her we were part of some sort of memory dive simulation. Well, she'll know afterwards because she consented to it. That's true. That's true. She may not know what memories we were in, though. That's correct. Ah, boy, howdy. It would be... Well, Doc, you got a heck of a program here. You certainly do. <laughs> and I'm I hope like, it did some good. I'm unclipping myself and then putting them down on this surgical tray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, and yeah, they, they, they're getting you ready. Um, we've got just a quick uh, one question uh, that I ask everybody before they leave. It'll take a second. Collect yourselves. Get yourselves ready. I want to be clear that we have um, a full support staff. There's a hotline you can call uh, 24 hours a day if you experience any difficulties with what's happened. Um, we also have, uh, you've agreed to, to post-experiment counseling as well. So uh, we want to make sure that you're safe and that this wasn't too much of a burden on you because you're important to us as well. But, you know, talk, say what you got to say, and I'll catch you before you leave. I think it will be very hard for me to not check on Kit once in a while. Yeah, it's uh, very difficult to resist the temptation to go rogue. Is that another movie reference? Is no, that that's impossible. That's or? more of a reference to the fact that I, uh, while I understand the ethics of the way this experiment is structured, is very important. I also very much want to go out of my way to help this kid. Well, we can go find rogue. out. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we can find out what's going on with her in the future, and I mean, we could send resources her way. We we just don't want to do it ourselves, right? I mean, that's what we agreed to. So maybe just... Damn it, Jeremy, of course you're right. <sighs> that is the law, <laughs> is to <laughs> is to stay consistent with the, the things that you have signed. It's going to be all right. She's going to be all right. I got, I got faith in that kid. She has progressed, certainly. So the end of the day, a lot of this breaks down to fate, and you can, you can put yourself into a lot of this, but... Uh, at some point, just got to hope it works. Did you say fate, Father Jay? I said faith. Fate. I, I don't. Yeah, I think you said fate. I, there was an F word in there, mm. and not one of the bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, um, my coffee is somehow cold. I don't. Maybe it's all the creamer. <laughs> Those memory dives, I think they take longer than. Uh, than, than maybe we perceived. I didn't realize that was still coffee, Jeremy. 
he <laughs> shuts his mouth. All right, good burn. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it, it, the woman with the clipboard comes back out. It looks like you're, are you getting ready to go? Is it cool if I ask you a quick question and then you can uh, kind of, you're, the rest of your day is yours? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, really quick, um, and she kind of pulls a paper out from the bottom of the stack and adds it to the top on top of the uh, baseball, baseball card. card. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, uh, Dr. Wei, would you participate in this experiment again? Yes. And how about you, Father Jay? Yeah, I got to admit, and uh, maybe this isn't important to the question, but I would want to change some of the structure, I feel like. Okay, so that's a yes, though. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, sure. And how about you, officer? Yeah, if we can help more kids, more people, it's the right thing to do. Thank you. Well, thanks again. Um, I think that you've really made a positive impact in Kit's life. Uh, please take advantage of the resources that we have available to you. Um, it's all, there's a packet that the security guard out front will have for you. Um, and so um, just make sure that you get them. She gives them to you. And, uh, you know, call if you need anything. Do, do any of the counselors like the Farm League? I, I don't really know that. I'm not much for rural lifestyle. That's baseball. Anyway, um, yeah. Okay, that's that's fantastic. So, like I said, like if you wanted to call now, you could, and you could see and talk baseball with somebody. I'm sure that they'd have somebody on staff. <clears throat> Great. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. Okay. Yeah, thanks. Thank, All right. Great thank clipboard, you. by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. It's just a clipboard. If you ever develop an interest in baseball and farm leagues, then let me know and I'll send you some more cards. And she, she pulls the like unclips and pulls it. Thank you. I got this one. I appreciate it. <laughs> so um, you all, uh, unless there's anything you would like to say to each other before you leave. No. Dr. Way. Good huh. to see you. Yeah. I shake hands. Yes. Cupcakes next year. Of course. I look forward to more sprinkles. All the sprinkles. <laughs> so uh, as you go back to your lives, I mean, you can occasionally check from the from the outside on how um, Kit is doing in her life going forward. And um, she's got, uh, over the next several years, she grows, things change. And what we're going to do right now is we're going to go into what's called the epilogue. So we're going to um, go around one by one, and you're going to tell me something that is true about Kit's life going forward. It can be in the recent future, it can be 20 years from this time, but just something about where Kit winds up. Once we do that, uh, we're then going to go around and we're going to talk about people whose life Kit touches. So we've got pretty much the best case solution. Um, so um, we're, we're going to each, every, every one of you will have an epilogue moment and you'll have a person that uh, is that she has touched and, and made a difference and her life I, I will tell you right now her life is not perfect so there should be some struggles in this story as well so is there anyone that would like to start with their uh, something about Kit in the future yes she joins the book club okay and um, she finds at least one really close friend who has no other you know, relation in her life, you know, it's not, it's not a teacher. It's not somebody from school. It's just somebody that she can be like completely in context of her love of reading with. And, uh, they stay friends for most of their lives. All right. Fantastic. So how about you, Agatha? 
I think uh, get uh, applies for uh, for for college, and then realizes that she can't afford the student loans, and then has to instead uh, work, mm-hmm. and then is but is also doing uh, night classes at, at a local community college. Awesome, fantastic, James. I think. There is more than one context in in Kit's life where there are structures uh, that exist that would be really helpful and be really useful, um, but based on some things that are outside of her control, she doesn't have access to. Like I keep thinking back to like that library and how she can't get library books anymore because of of, of her past with with them getting destroyed by other people. Uh, but it would have been really great if she could have kept doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of feel like, I, but I, I kind of feel like she develops a coping mechanism where she she looks for ways to step around that barrier. So I kind of want like she's doing these night school programs. Like I think there there are scholarships that she doesn't qualify for to to like keep taking classes in certain scenarios, uh, and in those cases, I feel like she makes friends with people who are in those classes and just asks them what the reading is, mm. and like <laughs> her friends kind of like eh, yeah I'll let you read the book or whatever that's not a big deal. Nice, awesome. So, do you want somebody other than the best friend whose life she touches one? Yeah. Um, I think that she eventually buys a motorcycle. (laughs) Oh, boy. And does a cross-country road trip. um, And that on the road trip, she's actually going from, like, book club to, like, science fiction convention to things like that. Um, she gifts a book, the, the Titans book, mm-hmm. to a young girl that she meets and they become like pen pals, the internet age pen pals. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, that person becomes a writer because of her love of books. Thanks to, um, thanks to Kit. Fantastic. Yeah. Agatha. Um, I think it's. Huh. I, I think it's uh, one of her one of her classmates at at the community college. Actually, um, they're they're from a really different background. They actually are pretty relatively well off, and then they just didn't have good enough grades. So then they're studying there, and they they're constantly like de- dealing with stress from their family, and then like expectations about where they were supposed to be in mm-hmm. terms of like higher education. And they're just constantly having meltdowns. Um, and I don't, I think it's one of those situations where they were supposed to share notes and then that, that classmate is just like, I can't and like freaking out in the washroom. And Kit goes and just kind of like sits there and then listens and then shares one of her, uh, her childhood memories. And then, um, I think she passes over like a pack of Kleenex from the stall beside the the mm-hmm. classmate and somehow there's something about the way that she told her story so matter-of-factly like you know i'm not i'm not judging you i'm this is just this is what i went through uh so i can understand and the classmate is suddenly like oh right like 
<laughs> this is really not a big deal. <laughs> and um, and I don't know if that classmate ever really talked about it in that way. Like, wow, like you you actually really changed my view during this time in my life. But Kit really did. Um, and I think that classmate always, later on in life, she'll always remember that that was the moment when she realized that her worldview is pretty small and that there are a lot of people outside of her context. It's fantastic. Awesome. James? Uh, yeah, I like the idea that it, it feels like, especially with Kit, she's occupied a space where structures that are built up serve a lot of different people well, but not her needs very well. Like when she was young, she needed a place where she could go to be alone and like be with herself sometimes and also somehow have like an optional hook to a community. So I kind of like the idea that Kit as an adult gravitates towards creating that space. And, you know, whether, whether that is like a, a sci-fi bookshop or, or like, 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 like a used bookshop or like, you know, maybe, maybe even uh, volunteering at a library. Uh, mm. I think Kit can create a space that like she would have wanted to see as mm. a kid and like not with the intention of it being like focused on, on social work necessarily, just being like, I'm making sure this place exists and there are one or two instances where they're not even huge life-changing instances. They're just like little releases of pressure where Kit, I think, can very directly see, oh, this is kind of similar to a thing that I went through. Um, and and now this is here uh, and this is like what it needs to be in this moment. It's fantastic. So, um, yeah, Kit uh, experiences all these things in her life. And it's not a perfect life, but it's a good life. And she manages to end up in a better position than she would have if she had not met these people inside of these memories. So uh, when I run this game, uh, I create a unique child every time. You are the only people that will ever have an opportunity to impact Kit's life. And um, she is unique to this experience and to the three of you. So because you were willing to show up and be vulnerable for this imaginary child, <laughs> you were able to touch one child's heart. So thank you so much for playing today. I like to take a little time after we're done to kind of debrief and, and talk about how the game went and how we're all feeling. Um, so that's what we should do right now. So <laughs> what was your experience like? What was it, what you expected? Or I mean, Agatha, you've played before uh, once. I'm not sure how different it was between... Uh, uh, having a different uh, facilitator than myself. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. I don't know if it's necessarily you're very good. Um, <laughs> I was <laughs> there were so many moments where I was like, no, <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, <laughs> no. Um, but I, it was it is a little bit different because I think the first time I played it, I was very hung up on the the like professional part mm -hmm. and a lot. So how I felt about it was very interesting because it felt like I was, uh, I was at work and I was dealing with a, <laughs> a volatile situation. And I remember being like, Oh, like I don't really my, emotionally, I feel very um, even mm -hmm. all the way through. And then it was only until the game ended. Then I was like, I feel so sad. And it's mm -hmm. because I, w I felt like I was working. <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. And that was a really interesting experience. And I think this time it's a lot more like, 
I kind of understand that I don't have to actually not engage emotionally,、mm-hmm. and so I, it's, it's that I think that's the the bigger difference for me. Awesome. <laughs> yeah.、Uh, I mean, w- one thing that that I really appreciate is kind of the emotional journey of like wanting to help someone, but. Really having that hard rule of of having to recognize what your limitations are,、mm-hmm. um, because it's it's an experience that I think like people have, especially in a situation like this where where you're trying, you're really trying to help, but you know you can only go so far. And I think it is an important emotion to grapple with, especially in kind of an imaginary space. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Um, Which like that 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 was supremely helpful because I am definitely a person who, when I'm confronted with a problem or a thing that like I can help with, I really have that instinct to, like, oh yeah, I want to dive in and 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 go the extra mile and and really overcommit.、Uh, so it was cool <laughs> to work with that limitation.、Mm-hmm. How about you?、Lynn? Yeah.、Um, so I'm not sure how many times I've played one child's part <laughs> at this point. It's probably more than ten. Um, but I'm always struck by it's it's the one game that I play where it's really about coaching and mentoring and、um, being vulnerable and with the child, you know, the dice roll, saying how they react to that. Like I can say or do all the things I think are right in that moment, and they can still, you know, respond very poorly. Um, and that's tough, but I think it's realistic. And I think having the other professionals to debrief and be like, "No, no, you did all right. You did what you could, and talk through it, and be even." Like that's a good counterbalance. But it's it's tough to try and mentor someone that could, you know, be traumatized、mm-hmm. by what you do or say, even with the best of intentions. So. What was your experience, Agatha, with that、uh, ca- inflicting that trauma? Oh, I felt so bad. I think this is a very effective <laughs> mechanic because I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Also, because I rolled such a high number, that was immediately like, "Okay, well, this can't happen again." <laughs> I, because I played blackjack, I understand how this works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty,、um, and it was also because you asked like. Do you want to do this? So I was like, I'm making the decision to、mm-hmm. inflict trauma on this child. Yeah, that yeah. is a that's powerful. a really powerful thing for yeah. sure. Yeah, which is well, actually one of the I think funny aspects of the this game is violate ethics too. Yeah,、um, having that、uh, be like the option that feels the gentlest. Um, is, yeah. is like a wild emotional、uh, thing because <laughs> we were cheering、uh, <laughs> yes. in a way through her ethics aside, <laughs> right? And it's、yeah. it's the only one that will turn a failure into a success. The、mm-hmm. other ones are just consequences of the role, and that's the one you can use because you internalize the conflict instead of putting that on on kid or the child.、Yeah. Yeah, it's it's literally the only one where you bear the consequences instead of the child. Of, yeah, well, but I mean,、that. it can still come back to the child. Oh, absolutely! Too, because absolutely. It, it takes away that die. It, it limits your ability、mm-hmm. to help. Right, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts <laughs> for sure, as intended. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so.、Uh, 
after your feeling, is it um, a lot of people worry that they're going to wind up with a sense of like supreme sadness and everything else after it goes? So, so kind of emotionally, where are you at this point as we as we finish this up, uh, James? I don't I don't feel I don't feel sadness. Uh, mm-hmm. There is definitely catharsis in this game, like because the, the, those those heartbreaking moments where Kit reached out and reached out for help that we didn't have the power to offer like that happened a couple times and it never lost its impact and thinking about that emotion and feeling that emotion i think is is something that i'm definitely going to be able to carry forward because it's just it's tough to confront every time and even though this is a fictional experience it's good to have an experience that affirms how tough that is and reinforces how like yeah you you still have to stick to what what you're capable of because it would have been worse for kit to like lie to her and go yeah you can call us and we're never there <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah how about well, you win um no i don't i don't feel sad when i end the game um there have been moments that i've cried during the game you know there have been times where i need a hug after the game <laughs> Um, but for me, it is just very cathartic and very much like, hey, I'm, I'm giving the mentoring to this child that I wish I would have had at some point in my life. And, um, so that's, that's what it's about for me is like, how do you bring that and bring that vulnerability and expose your, your hurts to help and uplift somebody else? Yeah. So absolutely. I feel good. Oh, I feel like I'm still uh, I'm still working through that heavy feeling because both of the times that question the the reaching out for help mm-hmm. was posed to my character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, directly too. Yes, uh-huh. the first time it was to all three, but spoken to me, and the mm-hmm. second time it was for me. And oh, that was that was really good. That's, In oh. that, it, it it was really tough, and um, I feel like I don't really encounter that so much in role-playing games anymore where i was seriously like no <laughs> well, i mean most role-playing games it's about the power fantasy it's about That's true. i have the tools you to right. address this situation mm-hmm. and the ways in which like one child's heart is still like giving you yeah. incredible tools that like don't exist in real life yeah but it, we have the constraints of like this fictional reality too which that's very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was really important to me when I was designing it to keep people from that savior fantasy mm-hmm. that they were going to go in and you're just going to magically fix everything inside of three or four memories. And because I think that it creates this really unhealthy expectation that, you know, like um, that people perpetuate in real life that like, oh, you know, I am really I'm dealing with I'm struggling with depression right now. Okay, cool. Let me tell you how to fix that. Yeah, I'm going to come in and I'm going to fix it for you. And you're going to go for a hike and you're going to do this. And you're going to do that. And everything is going to be better. jogging. <laughs> yeah. Turns out it's jogging. And, and so there's I mean, there's definitely a subversive level to this game to keep people out of that mindset. And what you were talking about, there are constraints on purpose that no, you can't save them. Their yeah. life is their life. Now what are you going to do? Yeah, I the disclaimer that you made at the beginning where you said this is not um this is not like a, what did you say? like trauma tourism? Trauma tourism and I think this the the game mechanics really uh really speak to that and they emphasize that. Well, that's good to hear. I'm yeah. Glad. It's it, I appreciate it. 
even though I'm still sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I know that we all have community here at uh, this convention, but if you need to talk, you want to work through stuff, I'm always available. I'll be around here all weekend. So just grab me and <laughs> chit chat. I'm all about squishy feelings. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I- I, I'm just, I'm so happy. This is one of the coolest sci-fi games that I think I've ever played. Yeah. Uh, it's like real sci-fi yeah. uh, in, in that, well, let's let's speculate on how this industry would change with, with this technology mm-hmm. in, a, in a way that is, is just very exciting. Awesome. Um, I, 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 I want to see more things kind of operate like this. <laughs> and I'm very excited to see One Child's Heart get out there. Thank you. I'm excited too. All right, so thanks everyone for playing. Thank you. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you. you betcha. I, it was a joy to have you all and share a table. Um, you guys are all fantastic, so thank you. Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry. We'll be back next week with Hearts of Wulin. In the meantime, if you're looking for other great gaming shows, check out one of the other programs on the One Shot Network, like Arms of the Tide. Arms of the Tide is an actual play about fighting for what's right in an original magitechnological world on the brink of catastrophe, using the mutants in the night system. Join Quinn, Joe, Chanel, and John, and revel in the laughs and gasp at the drama. The only things standing against the apocalypse are a robot with a fondness for stray cats, a wolf made of living plants who has a bad case of depression, and a private eye who is so done with all of this. Find Arms of the Tide wherever you get your podcasts. As always, we end one shot with a call to action, and I'm running low on spoons this week so I can't pick an individual issue, but I urge everyone to contact their representatives about an issue that's important to them. Now, when I call my reps, I use a site called fivecalls.org. That's the number five, calls.org. There you can find summaries of dozens of issues, many of them affecting your local state area. Five Calls also has contact information for your representatives and scripts to read while you're on the phone so you can get your message across. Calling is quick, easy, and it can make a huge difference on many important issues. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network, in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at paracosmpress.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.